What up, PV Nation? This episode is sponsored by Canadips. Canadips is the nation's leading tobacco and nicotine-free dip. Over the years, I've struggled a lot with anxiety. CBD has been a huge help to me. It not only helps with the anxiety, but also with my sleep. Canadips offers 100% American-grown hemp supplements in the form of CBD pouches, a great-tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. All flavor, no tobacco, no nicotine pouches that are spit-free. They come in a variety of flavors and are crafted and manufactured in Humboldt County, California, the heart of the cannabis industry. If you know me, you know I'm passionate about the medicinal benefits of cannabis. Head over to Canadips.com and use code TPVM20 for 20% off your order. That's Canadips.com, code TPVM20 for 20% off your order. Hope you enjoy this episode, PV Nation. It's all love. Welcome to the Positive Vibe Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bonick, and we got a special guest for you this week, PV Nation. This dude brings electric energy to the field every day. He's a fan favorite in Philadelphia and is the definition of positive vibes. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to episode 12 with Garrett Stubbs. Garrett, you want to say what up to PV Nation? How we doing, PV Nation? Good to be on. Hey, I appreciate you doing this, bro. Yeah, I'm excited to be on. I appreciate you having me. Of course, man. So you're a... A West Coast guy, uh, you know, you grew up in the San Diego area. Um, you know, how was life growing up out there? Uh, about as good as it can get, if you ask me. Uh, I grew up uh, pretty close to the beach. Got to spend most of my summers uh, surfing, uh, hanging out with my friends uh, on the beach, playing games. Uh, I had a younger brother uh, that we would go play wiffle ball down on the beach. And uh, just so happened, Trevor Hoffman uh, lived on the beach that we grew up on. So, uh, pretty cool to be able to go down there, uh, and see guys like that. Uh, but me and my brother, we're just outside kids all the time. Uh, no video games for us. Uh, and growing up in San Diego, pretty good place to be able to uh, hang out outside. Yeah, absolutely, man. So was baseball the passion since day one or were you kind of in other sports or other, you know, kind of, uh, activities? Yeah, I played a ton of well, a ton of other sports. I played most of the other sports basically, except for basketball. My uh, height didn't really drive me to play <laughs> uh, basketball, but uh, I played uh, baseball was number one always. I played soccer, uh, played football, and uh, surfed in my spare time in the summers. Uh, but yeah, when I was growing up, playing one sport wasn't really the thing. You know, a lot mm. of kids played basically every sport depending on the time of the year and uh, i see more and more kids uh kind of drawing to one sport early on you know neither here nor there for me but i definitely as a as a kid um and now appreciate that i got to play a bunch of different sports i think it's good for developing athleticism and also kind of keeps your mind going in different places uh, which for me as a kid was a, a pretty good thing yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so we're going to fast forward a little bit. You you played your college baseball at the University of Southern California, you know, USC. Um, you know, me being from Allentown, Pennsylvania, you know what I mean? That's like surreal. You know what I mean? Nowhere, you know, one where I'm from, you know, played out uh, at USC or anything like that. So that's always when I when I was doing my research, I was like, damn, that's dope. Um, you know, how would you, you know, describe? Well, first off, how how did you come up across like deciding on USC? Uh, as a kid, uh, my, my mom actually went to UCLA and, uh, there was, she obviously always had the rivalry with USC, but my grandfather, he went to USC. And when I was a kid, he took us, uh, 
um, to the 2000 and I'm going to botch the year. It's either five or six um, national championship against Texas. Damn. And uh, I got to sit uh, near the end zone, not in the end zone, but near it, uh, which is actually the end zone that Vince Young <laughs> ran in the final touchdown to win the game against USC. Um, so didn't win the national championship. And you'll have to fact check me on the year on that one. <laughs> but uh, got to go to that game and basically fell in love with USC ever since then. Uh, and it was always just a dream of mine. Uh, wasn't hugely recruited out of college or anything. Um, you know, wasn't the biggest guy, uh, but always just worked hard and uh, was always out there and played like it was my last game, whether it was in Little League or high school or, you know, on into college and pro ball. But uh, ended up getting the opportunity to go play there. Uh, and it was, it was a no brainer for me. I was, I was stoked to be able to go play for the Trojans. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome, dude. Uh, so 2015, you win the Johnny bench award as the nation's best catcher. You know, how was it like finding out that you won that award? Pretty cool. Uh, the Astros, um, let me go to the ceremony. Uh, it was in Wichita, Kansas. And at the time, I didn't know if I had won it or not. I was just one of the three nominees uh, with a kid named Cade Savick from LSU and then Matt Wynn from Virginia something. Like not not the regular Virginia. Mm -hmm. Virginia Commonwealth maybe. Um, anyways, they let me go to the ceremony not knowing if I had even won or not. And uh, got there, got to meet Johnny Bench and went on to end up winning the award. Uh, which then led to me and Johnny Bench closing down the bar at about 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> afterwards. So Damn. that was a pretty cool experience. Um, still friends with him to this day. Uh, we keep in touch multiple times throughout the year. He'll shoot me a text um, during the season, seeing how things are going. He's a he's a phenomenal person, obviously an incredible baseball player and catcher. Um, but definitely a good time and a, and a great person to rely on um, as a resource of just any knowledge of life or baseball. That's amazing, man. That's a that's a great relationship for sure. Um, so 2015, you know, you get drafted by the Houston Astros in the eighth round. You know, take us through draft day, you know, when you got the phone call and just the emotions that came along with that. Yeah, I think every kid's dream is to, well, if you're playing baseball, is to, you know, play in the big leagues. And uh, every step is just another stepping stone to be able to achieve that dream. Uh, I always believed in myself, don't get me wrong when I say this, but definitely never thought that I would actually become a big leaguer. And that's not because I didn't have any doubt of my abilities, but you know, guys my size just don't end up making it to the big leagues. And I kind of took like a, a backdoor path, you know, into college and then into pro ball being an eighth rounder. Not that that's super late, but you start moving down the rounds after first round, your percentages of big leaguers drop significantly. So um, I always just told myself I'd work as hard as I could in the years that I had in the minor leagues and hopefully things worked out. Um, but that day was incredible. I was with my family uh, my brother was just about to go to USC. Um, he played there right after I, I graduated. Hmm. Um, and I was a senior sign too. So uh, it was right after graduation, um, got to do that. And, um, you know, definitely on the, in the bookmarks for one of the better days of my life. 
Yeah, for sure. That's amazing, bro. Um, so, all right. In this show, you know, it's not necessarily a baseball podcast or anything like that. I love the journey. You know, obviously, I'm I'm not a guy over here breaking down the swing. That ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, but now I want to kind of fast forward a little bit. Um, you know, I guess we won't fast forward all through the minor leagues, but I guess what would be, you know, we're going to kind of transition into the, your, you know, your time in the, in the MLB, but you know, as far as the minor leagues, what were the, the main lessons you learned that prepared you for that major league level? It's grindy, man. It's uh, going to cities that you've never uh, thought you'd be in, in your life. Um, a lot of cities that you've probably never heard of. Uh, but at the end of the day, I really do think that there's a learning moment in every city that you live in. Uh, and also, it's a great way to see the country. Uh, mm. I, I may have complained a few times, uh, <laughs> you know, during that time. Uh, but looking back on it, it's an experience I wouldn't give up. You know, it was every moment was something to be able to take and use that for whatever it was going forward, whether it was, you know, the next level being double AA, A, triple A, or the big leagues. Uh, but I think those moments, as not great as they are in the minor leagues, can be taken uh, in a positive way and can be used in order to uh, progress yourself, whether it be in baseball or whether it be later in life, you know, because baseball doesn't last forever. Mm. But those moments that you have in the minor leagues, long bus rides, hanging out with uh, guys on the team, meeting people from all over the world and all over the country and developing relationships and understanding the people next to you. Uh, I think the minor leagues are a great resource for that. Yeah. That's a great perspective on it, dude. That's a, uh, that was awesome. Um, all right, man. So in 2019, obviously we're fast forward fast forward in a few years, you know, but eventually, you know, you make your MLB debut, uh, every kid's dream, like you mentioned before, what were the emotions that came with that phone call when you finally found out you were going to, you know, make it, make a dream come true? Uh, going to the big leagues, it was actually, I got the phone call in the middle of the game. My manager, uh, was about like the fourth inning and we were in Nashville. Uh, and it was May 25th and he pulls me out of the game and I get to the top step. He goes, Hey, uh, we're going to sit you down for the rest of the game. And obviously I'm like, what do you, <laughs> why? And he goes, well, tomorrow you're going to go to Houston and uh, play in the big leagues. Damn. And uh overwhelmed it was in the middle of the game and i was you know gonna stay through the rest of the game and all i could think about you know my teammates are hugging me high-fiving me uh just excited for me to fulfill my dream like you said uh and some of the other guys in the dugout had already done that some of them hadn't done it yet uh and all i could think about was calling my parents and the you know my brother and letting them know that I was going to be going to the big leagues because, you know, growing up, you got to have parents that are willing to drive you to practice, mm. uh, parents that are able to lead you in the direction to achieve a goal like that. And uh, to be able to share that moment with them uh, was incredible. Uh, my birthday was May 26th. So my first day in the big leagues was actually on my birthday. Wow. Uh, that was just another caveat to another, just an incredible moment. Uh, so super excited and just overwhelmed with emotion and just happy. I got to, uh, have my family there and, uh, you know, share that moment with them. Absolutely. Um, so overall, how would you describe, you know, your time with the Houston Astros organization? A lot of winning. Uh, it was 
a lot of fun. I there's nothing more I love than winning. Mm. When I was at when I was in high school, uh, you know, we didn't win the championship, but we got there. I have a lot of stories of of second place, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but you know, with coming in second place, and it, you know that you had to do a lot of winning to get there. But to be able to go be in Houston on a winning team. Uh, makes it a lot tougher to get to the big leagues when you're in an organization that's doing a lot of winning. Uh, but once you're there and you get to be a part of the winning, it I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how hard it is to get there, you always want to get to whether it be you know varsity in high school or college team or pro ball. Uh, in my opinion, you always want to win no matter what. And I was lucky enough to go to a team that was doing a lot of winning, and I got to contribute to that winning uh, in 19, 20, and 21, mm-hmm. uh, we had two World Series appearances. Um, unfortunately, didn't didn't win. But like I said, to get to that point in the season, you got to do a lot of winning to get there. And and to me, that's that's the ultimate prize. And and winning's fun. It's as fun as it gets. Hell yeah, that's that's awesome, man. So let's uh, you know transition into your time, you know, with the Philadelphia Phillies. So in November of 21. Uh, you get traded to the Phillies. You know, how was it like when you got that phone call? And what was the mindset knowing you had a new opportunity? It was pretty cool. Uh, I had spoken with James Click previously. Um, you know, I'm not one to, like, ask for a trade or anything like that. But I had a conversation with him just asking him, you know, what he thought my role was with Houston in the future. And if he didn't see me being a part of the team at a camp or a big part of the team down the future in the future, you know, is there somewhere out there that I could have that opportunity? Um, and if it did present itself, you know, you know, please consider it. And that off season, I got a call from him saying that I had been traded to the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and to me, it just screamed new opportunity, mm. uh, another opportunity to show what I can bring to the table um, on and off the field in a locker room and, take some of the things that I've learned all the way from high school, college and pro ball and into the big leagues about how to win. You know, I, I had seen the year prior Phillies, you know, just missing out on the playoffs. So they're on the right track. They got best player in the world, Bryce Harper. Um, and then an absolute army of incredible players, including uh, JT Real Muto, who I was couldn't believe I was going to get to learn from what I was seeing as the greatest catcher in baseball at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, looks like is going to have a hall of fame career. So I was stoked. Um, I had heard about the atmosphere that Philly brings, uh, another reason to be excited. Mm. Uh, obviously there's a lot of negativity that comes with that atmosphere. <laughs> as so people think, right, right, right. Um, but I got to go to a team that was wanting to win and we did a lot of winning right out the gate in 22 uh, and got to the World Series. So I've gotten to see an incredible side of an incredible city and just stoked to be able to uh, be a part of that and continue to use what we've done in the past and build off of it and bring that final trophy home. You know, I'm tired of second place. We're, uh, uh, our team uh, we're we're looking for number one, and and we got the team to do it, so we're stoked. It's coming, bro. I feel it. Um, you know, how would you say was your getting acclimated with a new team, a new organization? Was that pretty smooth transition? 
Uh, yeah, it was. We have a really good locker room of of guys, and I like to when I first get there. I, even though people don't think so, as far as you know, maybe how they know me now. But you know, if I go into a new locker room, I kind of sit back and observe a little bit more and figure out you know how the dynamic works inside a locker room. You know, I'm not one to just step into a locker room and act like I'm something I'm not, mm-hmm. and like to see how everything works and started to notice just how good the people were on the team. And uh, aside from being good baseball players, they're just good people in that locker room. Uh, Schwarber got signed that same year uh, that I got traded over there, uh, which was just another incredible addition, not only as a player, but as a, a human being. And it really seemed like the city was seeing what was going on, not only uh, with us winning, which comes first always, but with the winning, they kind of saw the personalities that were being taken on inside our locker room. And I think people drew to that. So coming over was a pretty seamless transition for me. uh, And I attest that to just the other teammates that were in that locker room prior to me, you know, Reese Hoskins, we'll miss him this year. Mm -hmm. uh, But another just incredible dude that welcomes people with open arms and allows you to be who you are. And that's kind of what we do over here is just welcome people and allow them to just be whatever person they are. And and then we go from there. Yeah, absolutely. There's some uh, just some people that have supported the movement, you know, in that locker room that will always mean so much to me. Like I remember when Reese was in double A with the Reading Phillies, um, he literally was buying PV stuff out of my trunk. Me and my brother pulled up and he bought stuff out of the trunk before, like after batting practice. And you don't forget those moments. You know what I mean? You don't forget like the people that supported and didn't just have their hand out wanting free stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's stuff like that, that, you know, still my brother and I talk about to this day, you know, so definitely an awesome, you know, locker room for sure. Yeah. Reese is that guy for sure. Um, All right. So 2022, uh, you hit your first MLB home run. I got to hear how that moment was. Just take me through that day. Uh, Yeah, it was against Tony Gonsolin uh, against the Dodgers. Uh, Funny enough, took me three years to hit my first homer. Uh, but, you know, it was my first time getting some regular playing time in my career. Uh, we were playing the Dodgers that day, uh, obviously. And that 2022 season, and it seems like every season, they're kind of the name on the top of the National League. And so to be able to help the squad win that day, uh, pretty fun, uh, pr- pretty fun game. Uh, we ended up winning on a uh, walk-off ground ball to Max Muncie, <laughs> uh, and I ended up scoring the winning run uh, later on uh, in that, I think it was the 10th inning. Uh, but pretty cool day just to be able to help the squad win like that, and uh, any day you can help the Phils win uh, is a good day for me, so it was fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. So obviously, you know, 2022 is a special season. Um, you know, you, you go on, you make it to the World Series, you know, during that little span of that, you know, obviously, let's just back up for a second, just for the people that might not be as familiar with baseball and stuff like that. But there was a managerial change a little bit into the season, you know, Rob Thompson comes in for Joe Girardi. And it just seemed like that was a moment that, you know, and, and nothing against Girardi, anything like that. But it was just a switch up of energy that I felt like refreshed the team, you know what I mean? And it was a new, you know, a new beginning in a sense. Um, but yeah, obviously throughout that run, I remember that walk-off home run you hit, uh, against the Marlins. I want to say, um, that was, 
that shit gets me jacked up. Cause bro, this is the crazy thing too. I want to tell you is like my brother and I, so like when I, the second time I was in the mental hospital out in Arizona, uh, we would always watch the games and stuff, bro. I wasn't doing PV at all. So I I've done this for the last eight years. There was a year and a half span where I didn't do anything. Cause I was struggling so much with my own head. And, um, bro, I mean this on some real levels, like you guys were giving us life. And uh, we were just working normal jobs and shit, but we would look forward so much to coming home and watching freaking John Crook run his mouth on TV and say the funniest shit and just watch you guys. Yep. And that whole run, bro, is like that shit gave that shit gave us like it was more than baseball, bro. Like that shit yeah. helped us through. And um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty special. But just take us through that that run and, you know, kind of what that, uh, you know, what that was like for you guys. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And hey, man, congrats on, on making it through that. Um, I, I don't need to get into the details, but just congratulations on on fighting through uh, any mental stuff you may have been going through. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to be a part of maybe some of your breakthroughs uh, going through the other side. So for sure, bro. Um, we 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 recognize that as players too. you know, aside from the fact that we're doing a job out there, um, we know that we get to do what we love every single day. And we also know that, you know, people around Philly and around the country and maybe even around the world uh, are watching us play. And if we can uh, bring them a little spark to their day, uh, that's just the cherry on top. So um, thanks for sharing that. Of course. Bro. And uh, yeah, that run was incredible. Uh, and that day for me was pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, we kind of started off slow and we made some changes and I think guys just really started to believe in each other. Um, when I had hit that Homer, uh, Stott had hit a Homer to walk off, uh, I think before I had hit mine and it was the first time two nine holes in a lineup had walked off a team Damn. or walked off. Uh, I don't know if it was like in the same week or just in the same season, but I think things like that, right. You know, Stoddard was a first rounder and expected to be, um, you know, a contributor to the Phillies, but maybe not in the way of the first year or whenever, but just to know that your nine hole like that can contribute to the team. Uh, I think just kind of sparked some belief. And, uh, aside from that, we started to just understand that we had a really good team. And if we just relaxed and topper helped us do that, uh, if we just relaxed and understood how good the players were that we had on that team and went out there and just had a, had fun and played the game that we know that we've been playing our whole life, um, as cliche as that sounds, uh, that's really the best kind of baseball you can play is just when you understand that you're going out there having fun, playing the game as hard as you possibly can. And whatever the result is on the other side is the result. Uh, we're going to make mistakes we're there's there's not going to be a season where we don't make mistakes you know uh but as long as for us players we know that everyone's prepared going into the game and everyone just plays their balls off whatever happens win or lose you know we might be bummed out when we lose but we understand that we gave it whatever we had that day mm -hmm. um to win that game and preparation's everything and we know that when we go out there, uh, the guy next to us is as prepared as you possibly can be. And that's a good that's a good place to be going into a game to 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 win that day, that season and um, hopefully a championship. Absolutely, man. That was uh, 
that was a hell of a run, bro. And like I said, bro, I, I got some great energy brewing for, for this season. That's a fact. Um, yeah. So, all right. So 2023, um, you know, you go on and you play for team Israel in the world baseball classic, you know, that had to be another, like, we're going through these stories, bro. You got to check off some amazing freaking accomplishments, dude. This is pretty cool. Um, you know, tell me how that experience was like, uh, you know, representing something so special that's close to your heart. Yeah, I've definitely had some really fortunate uh, moments in my career. And once again, a testament to the people I get to play with every day. Uh, just it's it's crazy to me that I get to play next to some of the best players in the world. Uh, and the WBC, although you might not have known some of the names that were on that roster, aside from like a Jock Peterson, uh, Dickerson, uh, Dean Kramer, um, and there's a few others. There were a lot of minor leaguers on that on that team that people maybe don't know about yet. Uh, but Zach Geloff was one of them, and people didn't know that name. And this year he went off with the A's. Um, so we had a good little team, and uh, we just had fun out there. We knew that you know things were against us uh, baseball wise, uh, but even bigger than that, we kind of we really collectively bonded together, knowing that things were kind of against us in the world at the time and, you know, not a great place to be, but we knew that we were playing for something more than just winning a game mm -hmm. and playing in the WBC. We knew that there are people back in Israel um, that were excited to watch baseball uh, be represented in their, or as their own country. And that was fun for us. And that gives you a little extra motivation to, uh, not just to win, but just to bring some pride mm -hmm. to a country that was hurting a little bit. Mm. And for us to get that opportunity um, and playing Nicaragua, coming back um, late in the game uh, and putting us up ahead, uh, just couldn't describe it better. I still get people that are um, what Jewish or maybe from Israel, um, you know, around the league uh, that were watching that game and just, you know, kind of collected a sense of pride uh, just from that game and watching us go out there and, and win and have fun and and uh, play hard. It was cool. Yeah, that had to be an amazing experience. Um, all right. So let's, you know, fast forward through 2023, you know, another, uh, you know, another hell of a year, dude. You know what I mean? Obviously, it didn't end the way you guys wanted, but a hell of a run. Um just seems like when you it's one of those situations where it doesn't matter what happens in the regular season no one wants to go to philly in october you know no one wants to go to philly uh, down the stretch um you know how how would you describe that run and, and how has it prepared you mentally for the 2024 season and the goals that you have set for yourself and the team yeah yeah it, i think it was different than 2022 because nobody expected us to do what we did in 22 except for ourselves uh and then going into 2023 uh, we may not have had the target on our back in the NL East, you know, the Braves had still, uh, won the division the year prior. Um, but we finally felt like, all right, people, people believe that we're a good team. Now we just showed them, uh, there might've been some doubters because of the 87 wins. They thought we got hot, but we knew that we were good. And so we went out there, we got into the playoffs, um, and knew we had to go through the Braves again. First, we went through the Marlins. Stoddard hits that grand slam. Mm -hmm. uh, then we go on to play the Braves. Uh, and the Braves know that we're a good team. You know, we right. know that they're a good team. And there's a lot of good guys over there in that dugout. They know we're a bunch of good dudes over here, too. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we get out on the field, you know, it's toe-to-toe. -to -toe. 
uh, let's see who's got it th that day. And we ended up getting through them uh, for the second year in a row, which was awesome. Uh, obviously, Philly loves that. And uh, <laughs> we, we were stoked to be able to get through a really, really good Braves team again and uh, go on to the NLCS and start up 2-0 and obviously didn't finish the job on that to get to the World Series, uh, which, of course, no matter what, I promise you, whether we did it then or it was 22 losing in the World Series, uh, it doesn't matter whether you lose in the wild card or you lose in the World Series, man. It hurts no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, no matter what fashion you lose in, uh, you don't want to lose the last game of the year. You want to be the last one standing uh, and win that last game. So uh, it definitely leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It's definitely uh, you know some some extra motivation this year, but I promise you this this team doesn't need any extra motivation mm -hmm. from anything. Uh, whether we had won the World Series last year or lost in the World Series or then I'll see us or whatever, uh, this team's hungry for championships, plural. Mm. So we want to win one, but I promise you, if we, when we win one, we're going to want to win another one. Mm -hmm. um, but let's win one first. Let's get this season underway, um, go after a division, and then uh, work our way, like you said, into red October. And um, coming into Philly in October is a different animal. So we're stoked to get this season underway and uh, ready to uh, get things going again. Absolutely, man. It's got to be exciting for you guys. I uh, explain to the people out there that might not be traditional baseball fans. Maybe they're just football fans or they're only associating, you know, wild atmospheres with football or, you know, SEC football, things like that. But Red October is something different, man. That's uh, atmosphere is like surreal. Uh, watching on TV is something crazy. I remember back when, um, it would have been around like, I want to say 2010, something like that. It was Roy Holiday versus Tim Lincecum. And me and my dad sat in the upper deck and um, we lost like the Phillies lost. And it was one of those. It was like one of those wild games, like Cody Ross hit like two jacks or something. It was like one of those weird situations, but it was a thing I'll never forget. And like, I just remember all the red towels waving and it was just something I'll never forget, you know. So take me through just the experience of what that's like playing in front of that atmosphere. Yeah. Hey. A playoff game in October in Philadelphia is a bucket list item. Mm. It's not even close. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a Philly fan uh, or just a baseball fan or a sports fan or not even a fan of sports. Uh, coming to Philadelphia and watching the Phillies play in October is a bucket list item. And people should do it, and they won't understand it until they see it in person. Uh uh, you know, I've I've gotten to fit. I've been very fortunate to play in some pretty cool games in my in my career um, with Houston prior to Philly, and you know, this is nothing on any other atmosphere. But Philly just exceeds all expectations on so many fronts mm -hmm. uh, with the crowd noise. Uh, but aside from just people cheering, uh, they're into the game. They know what is going on during the game. And you can feel that energy of the fans actually understanding every single moment that's happening, um, good and bad. And so that feeling in that stadium is unlike any other. And if you ever have the opportunity to go to one of those playoff games, man, you have to go. Mm. It is, it is what, like I said, it is a bucket list item. And um, I've never been to those Premier League games in, in Europe, but 
Damn it, man. I got to imagine it's pretty close. <laughs> Absolutely, man. It's funny you say that. Uh, I was on the phone with my pops before I, we did this, and I was like, yo, um, both my mom and my dad were so jacked up. You know, they don't really get jacked up for the guests on the podcast, but they were jacked up for Garrett Stubbs. And no, my pops awesome. goes, he goes, oh, man, you got to tell him I was at the clinching game against the Braves, and I no one ever has looked so good in overalls. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick, dude. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's uh, pretty funny. But hey, man, I appreciate Tell him I said thank you. Hey, I will for sure. Um, but all right. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I wish you nothing but the best in 2024. The whole squad, let's, you know, it's going to happen, bro. I believe it. Um, but I just want to say this, you know, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for, you know, giving your time and sharing your story. I know a lot of people are going to love to hear it. And it's definitely one. I, I love how you mentioned in the beginning, you know, I'm not the biggest guy, you know, stuff like that. You, you are living proof that if you put in the work and you believe in yourself, ultimately, um, no matter what anyone else thinks, you know, you can make a dream reality. And I love that shit, bro. For real. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. And I, I feel like I couldn't be in a better city getting to do what I do, uh, than Philly. Uh, it's a city full of grinders, man. And it, they don't, they don't care where you came from or anything like that. If you work your ass off, whether it be baseball or something else, the people in Philadelphia appreciate hard work. And so, um, I love, I love playing there and I, I hope I get to play there, uh, for a lot longer. Absolutely, bro. Hey, I, I end every episode with the same question and I'm gonna put you on the spot right here. If you could give PV nation one piece of advice, anything, what would it be? I think you just said it, man. Uh, no matter what you're doing in life, you got it. You have to work your ass off doing it. And aside from just working your ass off, uh, you might not enjoy everything about your job or whatever you're doing in life. Um, but find those things that you do enjoy about it, because those things that you can hang on to, um, that will just drive you a little bit more to work that extra mile to be able to get to the places that you want to. Uh, nothing in life's easy. My mom says, uh, you know, if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth it. Mm. So whatever it may be, uh, work hard at whatever it is and just know that no matter the result, if you're putting in the, in the effort and you're putting in the work, uh, you should go to bed at night, uh, happy with the way, the way you're living your life. Mm. That was awesome, bro. Well, hey, Garrett, I appreciate you coming on, man. And I wish you nothing but best in 24. And uh, PV Nation, have a great week. Let's get it. See you guys.